Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Good morning. This is attorney Vince Davis, and this is Get Your Kids Back Now. This show is dedicated to keeping families together and to fighting the tyranny of CPS and DCFS social workers. A secondary purpose of this show is to educate parents and relatives, or to at least show them where to get the necessary resources for their fight. The final purpose of the show is to remind the people that change can be effectuated at the ballot box at the state and federal levels. Let us unite, vote, and elect those who will make the necessary changes. Are you registered to vote? If not, please do so. You can do so in many counties in California and in many states and counties in the nation. You can do it online, or you can at least get the information online. Go ahead and just Google, register to vote. Good morning, all. I am On today's show, we're going to have a special guest in the uh, last half of the show, starting at 8.30. Um, she is an activist from... Central or Northern California, her name is Pamela Olson. She's going to be talking to us about organizing and helping people. She's an advocate for parents in CPS cases and in family law cases. Uh, Before we get to her, I'm going to try to take a few calls this morning. Uh, The first call I'm going to take is from area code 760. Um, ending in two nine. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Do you have a story to share or a question to ask? A little bit of both, really. Um, my daughter is in a CPS situation that's been going on for over two years in San Bernardino, uh, courtroom six, department six. And uh, she has two cases, one with five children and one with her newborn. Uh, and she's now married. And um, the CPS caseworker for the first five children is now threatening to take the children and put them back in foster care and up for adoption. Because my brother, who went through the foster care program so he could have custody of them, uh, through foster care and then for six months in the guardianship if necessary um, because my daughter was unable to complete reunification services. She wasn't able to get a home. Uh, we did get a home, however, the landlord ripped us off, so it didn't work out. But now the CPS worker is threatening to take the kids at the end of this month and put them back in foster care and up for adoption. I just don't think that this is right and we don't know what to do. Okay, let me ask you a few questions, if I may, all right? Certainly. Who has the children right now? Um, My son has the oldest, uh, and the oldest is going to be going to my daughter, and then um, my nephew had custody of the four, and my brother, his dad, uh, was going to be getting custody of the younger folder, but because he doesn't have a job uh, or an income, the CPS caseworkers wanting to take them away. Okay, well, he's not required to have a job to keep the children. As a matter of fact, CPS is supposed to be paying him to take care of the children. And there was something that um, used to be called, and I forget the current name, Um, It was called AFDC for uh, Relative uh, Placement Foster Care. Um, In the old days, it used to be called Yoakum Funding, if you want to Google that. But because he doesn't have a job is not a reason to take the kids out of a relative placement. And he and your daughter, the mother, should be fighting that in court. Also, um, with respect to your daughter, you said that she was going to be getting the youngest son back. Is that correct? Uh, 
the youngest one is actually in the custody of the father, her husband, and they have split them up. They made my daughter leave uh, the, the household. Well, you, you said, didn't you tell me that your daughter is getting one of the children back? Did you say the youngest or the oldest? The youngest. They're they're giving her six months to um, comply with them. She's done everything else to comply, but they have just turned on her. They've okay. turned on our well, whole She should stop working um, for she should get an appointment and meet with her attorney so they can come up with a plan and a strategy to get all the children back to her or back to her and her husband and a plan to stop the removal of any children from a relative because of economics. By the way, in California, there is law that supports this notion. If you're not getting your children back only because of housing, CPS is supposed to provide you services for housing. Now, I was involved in a case, it was many years ago, in Los Angeles County. A woman had four or five children, I can't remember, but the county was paying about $8,000 a month to several different foster homes uh, to keep the children out of her custody. It was originally a drug case, but when we went back to the six-month hearing, the social worker wrote in the report, she's done everything except for she doesn't have housing. So I made a motion um, that the social workers would have to pay for my client's housing. And by the way, Judge, it would be cheaper to just pay for her apartment, 2000 bucks, and uh, instead of paying for foster care. At that time, this particular judge was a conservative, and he was very you know, concerned about money, and he agreed with me. And before he could grant the motion, which he had told them, um, told the attorney for CPS that he was going to do, they asked me to take my motion off calendar, and they provided her housing, and they provided her with furniture, a refrigerator, a stove. It was incredible. And afterwards, I asked the county's attorney, I said, how did they do all this? And she begrudgingly told me, well, there's money in the budget to do that for people. Apparently, they just don't want to do it because, you know, it makes them spend money uh, that the federal government gives them to provide services. So your your daughter should mention this to her attorney. She should email her attorney so there's a record of it and say, look, I need to have a meeting with you. What? Her, 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 she doesn't have an attorney anymore. Her attorneys declared a conflict, and we couldn't hear the reason why because it was video court, and the judge granted it. So um, we actually had an appointment with you yesterday, but um, I guess you were busy. I'm sorry, my dogs are here. Um, because well, we, we need an attorney, and we don't know what to do. Okay, this is. This is what I want you to do, because I'm going to try to take some other calls here. I want you to call my office at 9.30 this morning, and I want you to make an appointment to see me immediately. I'm not in the office today, but later on this afternoon, I'll drive to my office, and we can meet today. My office is actually open until 5 p.m. So get a pencil and a piece of paper, and I'm going to give you a telephone number to call at 9.30. Okay. 888 888-6582. Call at 9.30 this morning. Tell them that you talked to me on the radio this morning. Tell them that I said I would come in this afternoon to meet with you. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you very much for calling. Okay, we're going to take another call. And coincidentally, that call is from area code 760 as well, ending in 2 1. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Mr. Did you have a question to ask or a story to tell? Uh, both, actually. I'm, I'm in San Bernardino, too. Can you hear me? My favorite county. I can hear you loud and clear. San Bernardino is not my favorite county for CPS cases. Well, 
doesn't what's seem going, to stop there. It seems on? like incompetence is rampant in all the in all areas of uh, so-called professionals. <laughs> I'm from Texas. Um, I was uh, involved with somebody who decided to come back here right before I could get her served with a Sapser suit from Texas back in 2011 and uh, came here to exercise the Texas order. I registered here lawfully back in 2012 instead of of the mom complying with the order, she decided to go down and tell the court that the order was dangerous to our child and the court decided to change the order against my objections. And now five years later, we're about to go to trial and uh we we've been through like five different judges and they they all seem to be as stubborn as the next and uh as far as one they want to hear what she says but they don't want to hear the other side and uh you know there's been <laughs> documents that she's put in to the case file that uh, have nothing to do with the case, that she, she's been basically rewriting the case and uh, alleging that there were protective orders against me in Texas and all kind of stuff like this, that alleging I'm dangerous and all, and all this kind of stuff. And the court has treated, sure, treated the relationship. Huh? Let me interrupt you Sorry. for a second. Is this true? Sure. Are you telling me about a case or a family law case? A family law case. I apologize. I guess it could have been. I'm, I'm on my way to oh. uh, do a. Oh. Hold on a second. Today's show yes. is basically, is not basically, today's show is dedicated every Saturday to CPS cases. We do have a family law talk radio show on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Um, I'd ask you to call me back on Wednesday at 7 p.m., the same number, when we're doing our family law show. This is a show de- dedicated strictly to CPS cases. Well, I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> I'm just about to get there. Oh, are you, are you, oh okay. Go ahead. Well, we, we were ordered to do a 730 evaluation. And mm-hmm. in the evaluation, our, our little girl divulges information about you know, violence and abuse occurring in the household. And instead of the mm-hmm. evaluator, you know, recommending that there be a, some kind of home assessment or something, he recommends that, that, that I go to uh, parenting class. And my, while my little girl's okay. crying out to me and witnesses talking about how she's being assaulted in the house and things, so I call the police and explain to okay. them what's going on. And uh, they're telling me to call CPS. Now, I'm, I'm seeing horror <laughs> stories about children being murdered in CPS care all the time. Now, I don't want to call yes. CPS. Not only I that, I, I see how they're standing up in front of the Supreme Court asking for permission to lie. Yeah, I, I'm already dealing you with saw one that. liar. <laughs> Sorry? Right. You saw that video, huh? The, the, the uh, right to lie case? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, that's funny. They're, they had an attorney actually stand up in front of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and ask or ask for immunity for social workers not telling the truth in court. I, I you know, had I not seen that video with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. That's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. But go ahead with your story. Well, that that runs concurrent with the experience I've been having in, in this family court over here that I'm trying to avoid, you know, with CPS. So I, I decided to go ahead and break down and, and make the report, you know, because my little girl's now having chest pains and the same kind of stuff I'm having going to emergency room all the time. I just had a brain hemorrhage back in March because of the stress all this has caused. And uh, I can't get any justice. It, it's It's Pulling teeth is easier. <laughs> and uh, I'm wondering if, you know, CPS called me back to ask me for more information. 
And I had just seen another headline about a, a boy, a toddler who was murdered by the foster dad and uh, th- that morning. So I decided, you know, that's that's a gamble that I'm not willing to take. You know, this whole family business has been nothing but a gamble. You know, nobody involved in the process on the uh, the services end seems to be willing to give the due weight, you know, to, to either side. And you know, it's just been all leaning to my, my exercise. She's got a mouthpiece on her, but that's all she's got. I'm the one with the evidence in the case. But in the event that our little girl ends up in CPS custody, you know, and while, before I finish that question, let me make clear that I asserted my, you know, right to determine the best interest of my child. The Supreme Court has long held that it first lies with fit parents to determine the best interest of their children. And I, I don't know, I don't, it didn't feel like they liked hearing that. But uh, they called me back and wanted more information. And I wanted more information, too. I want to know that my little girl's not going to get lost in the system and I'm going to be lied to and scammed and ripped off while my little girl is stuck in a worse position than she's already in, you know. And I couldn't get an answer out of this person, so I declined to cooperate. And then she threatened that uh, my claim would backfire on I'm not really too worried about that. I think I got the, the family case pretty nailed down. But she's trying to threaten me that because I wouldn't cooperate, it could backfire on me in family court. And I'm wondering, how, how do I protect our case from um, any malicious CPS reports? I got one report right now that says that uh, the claims were unsubstantiated, and it also defines unsubstantiated as, um, how does it put it? I got the definition buried in my paperwork. I'm getting a migraine thinking about it now. Well, let me answer your question. Are you familiar with the uh, California Evidence Code? You know, that's a good question. I, I haven't really done my due diligence in the Evidence Code yet, as I've been preoccupied okay. with all kinds of other elements of our case. Okay. Having to be stuck out let here me tell in the you, Let me tell you a, a quick story. Um, that's very similar to yours. A father believed he had all of the evidence to prove that he should have custody of the child. He took that evidence to court, and that evidence was excluded by the judge because it was inadmissible evidence. Sometimes we believe we have evidence, like you do in this case, but it might not be admissible in court. So what I would suggest is that you contact You can just use Google to do this in your area and go to have a free initial consultation with any attorney that does, or not any attorney, but an attorney that does family law cases. Um, If you want, you can call my office and we'll give you that free uh, initial consultation and we can evaluate or I can evaluate the evidence that you have and let you know whether it's going to be admissible or it's not going to be admissible and what you need to do to fix it so that when you do go to court that you do have admissible evidence and it's presented in a timely, organized fashion so that the judge can look at it and say, okay, I believe you, sir, you should have custody for this child. So that's what I think you should do, and you should probably do that ASAP. Yes, sir. Our trial is uh, coming up pretty quick. Our discovery closes on the 19th of this month, from what I understand. We'll try to get to see an attorney, even if it's coming down to my office in Arcadia, California, ASAP, because you you need to find out whether your evidence is admissible, and if it's not, how to fix it before the trial date. 
because otherwise you'll yes. be sitting in court in the courtroom or standing in the courtroom thinking, well, what do I do now, now that my evidence is, is uh, not admissible? And then you'll lose, and then you'll say that the system is corrupt. The system wasn't corrupt, necessarily. It was just that you didn't know the rules of the game. And you can't, in my opinion, know the rules of the game unless you're an experienced lawyer that does family law cases. You've gone to law school. You know about the evidence code. I mean, it would be like you giving me a wrench and saying, here, fix the transmission in this car. I couldn't do it. I'm not trained at it. Yes. You follow me? Yes. Okay, so make those calls. Yes, sir. There are one pieces of evidence. Yes, sir. Make those calls. Get that free initial consultation. Thank you for calling in today. I'd like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take one more call. Um, before, before our special guest calls in. Um, it's from area code five six two, ending in one seven. Good morning, Vincent. Did you have a question? Yeah, I have a. Uh, I have a, a kind of a question to ask for it. I've been working on my um, dependency case now for uh, 18 months, and um, I am um, getting, looks like we're getting closer. The game plan is, uh, is to get our, our, our son home by Christmas and our daughter home by next July. My question I have for you is that why do we always have to follow what the court dictates, it seems like when they want to make changes, they want to do things, they can do things on the fly on the spur of the moment. They can file things and things like that. But when we file sanctions or other things like that, we're always going to be at a disadvantage. And so I'm just, I'm very anxious because my youngest son, who is, who is a 11, is missing school so bad. Uh, I see him every Wednesday and my wife sees him on Saturday. And uh, we're trying to help with his homework, but he's falling behind. And the school of origin, uh, which is very legit and everything there, you know, it's told us, you know, we'll keep all the stuff, we'll keep everything ready for him and everything like, like, like that. But he's, you know, going to an inferior school way far away from where he should be, and he's missing his friends. And I know that we have a hearing uh, for Tuesday, um, but I, I, I don't know why you have to wait. It seems like I always have to wait for him because it's been since November 1st, 2016, we want to um, – uh, you promised he'd be returned home to the mother. So, anyway, um, give me a um, uh, an answer, an idea of what I can do. You, you think, Vincent? Thank you. Sure. Thank you for calling, and I'll, I'll try to answer that question. You know, <clears throat> what you said about you know, it seems like the county can go into these cases and request changes, and 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 you know, make requests of the judge. And it's so easy. And I would agree with you. Um, and it's very difficult for parents to do that. It's almost as if I get this impression. It's almost as if the county can put anything before the judge anytime they want without any particular notice uh, to the other side. And when the parents try to do that, giving notice, um, there's always roadblocks. Uh, I, I'm, I'm frequently called by courts <clears throat> around Southern California uh, and told, hey, such and such case is on today. We're trying to do such and such thing. Now, nobody previously called me, but, you know, most judges, when they call, they expect you to get on the phone and deal with the situation. Um, this happened uh, recently in Orange County where um, I was called, my office was called, I was in another courthouse and told that a case was on calendar, and uh, we're going to be discussing why and And the judge wants you to call in. And I thought to myself, um, when I got that message, I thought, that case isn't on calendar. Nobody has given me notice to discuss that. So I called the clerk, and I told the clerk that, and apparently they got a little, I don't know, been out of shape about it. And I said, I demand a continuance. And, you know, I said, I'd even come in the next day. Well, the case was continued to for about a week. But, yeah, I, I do get that that feeling myself that uh, the county can try or the CPS can try to do whatever they want on a moment's notice. But when you try to do it, 
you know, roadblocks are thrown up. So I hope that answers your question, and I want to thank you for calling in today. I'm going to take try to take one more call before our special guest, um, Pamela Olson. This call is from area code seven six zero, ending in zero zero. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Um, I have a story to tell. Go ahead. Um, my son was recently removed from our custody. And I found out during the detention hearing what the allegations are, and the judge was actually quite mad because they are using false allegations to hold my son. And then I had asked for them to place him with his aunt, and I was told they couldn't do it because she's San Diego County and we're San Bernardino County, and the judge explained to the worker that he's never heard of that, and he ordered her to have an emergency evaluation or an emergency placement evaluation done within two to three business days. Well, they took the four days to get it done and they were supposed to place him with my sister-in-law, his aunt, yesterday and we got the runaround all the way up until eight o'clock at night and I was told that they didn't know where my son was at. They took my son from me and now they don't know where he's at. The allegation you know, at that, court. Go ahead. I've heard that from many, many people uh, that they, the social worker has lost their son in the system. Is your case in, you know, I noticed your um, area code is 760. <clears throat> is your case in San Bernardino County? Yes, it is. And you said you had a male judge. Are you in Department Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I really, I really like that judge. And from what you just told me, I knew instantly that he was the judge that made that order because he's right. You see, what happens a lot of times, unfortunately, is that if, you, if your child is taken in one county like San Bernardino, they don't want to place the child out of state or in another county. You know why? Because the money... No. The federal dollars, the federal dollars for your case follow the child. So if they take and place your child in San Diego, San Bernardino is going to lose out on the money. So they don't want to place the child. Did they, uh, tell me something, did the social worker tell the judge or say in open court that because the, your, the aunt lived in San Diego, they couldn't place the child there? Yes, she did. She said that in open court? Yes, and the judge got very upset. He was already mad because the allegations that they're trying to use, there is no criminal record of it on my husband at all. Okay, let me ask you something. When is your next court date? My next court date is October 4th. For, you know, for what? Um. I guess we get to go in and show the proof that we have to show the allegations are false and for them to try and find the allegations they're using on my husband. Okay. So are you, um, have you met with your attorney and strategized about how this October 4th hearing needs to go? Um, she told, I, during the detention hearing, I spoke to her before going into the courtroom and I had already brought all my evidence with me, hoping I would be able to speak to the judge, and I was informed I wouldn't be allowed to. And with all the evidence that I have, she informed me that all I need to do is bring it into the courthouse, and as long as they can't find the allegations that they are used to take him, that she says I should get him back that day, but she didn't guarantee. Okay, so I don't know the details about your case, but I can say, because I've done this for 30 years, I can say that that doesn't sound like really good advice to me. First of all, at the detention hearing, you are, you are as the parent, allowed to talk to the judge by way of testifying. 
in juvenile dependency cases, you can have something what they call is a contested detention hearing. If you read Welfare and Institutions Code Section 319, you can just Google WIC 319, it will tell you about how this hearing is supposed to go. And part of the hearing is that you get up on the stand and explain your story so that the judge could possibly give your child back that day. Contested detention, yeah, contention, contested detention hearings are rarely done, and they should be done more, you know, because it's a way to get the child back right at the, right at the beginning of the case. Um, now that the case is, that detention hearing is over and you um, uh, have another court date, the way they do it in San Bernardino is they usually have a mediation in the morning and the trial in the afternoon if the case is not able to be settled. Do you know if that's the way your case is being handled? No, it wasn't. They took us into a back room and showed us a video and stated how CPS works and why they took the kid and that their goal is to reunite them with the family. And then they had me wait in the main lobby and called us back into the courtroom. You never talked to your attorney before you went into the courtroom? I got three minutes with her, and she told me she didn't have a whole bunch of time to speak and that we would have more time to talk before the next court hearing. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what to say. Let, let, do you have a pen and a piece of paper? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I'm going to give you a telephone number. I want you to call it today at 9.30 in the morning. I want you to make an appointment with me to have a free consultation to go over your case. Before I go over okay. your case with you, I want you, to, I want you to go to the courthouse. It's over there on Gilbert mm -hmm. Street. And I want you to go to the clerk's office with your ID and demand a copy okay. of the minute orders and all the paperwork that's been filed in your case thus far. Once you have that, okay. then I want you to come and meet and meet with me, okay? If you come okay. without the paperwork and the minute orders, I won't be able to do anything. I need to see the okay. minute orders and the paperwork, and, I'll do, and you'll get a free consultation, and I'll let you know what you should be doing and how to help your attorney uh, represent you in the best possible way in this case. The telephone number okay, is triple awesome. eight. The telephone okay. number is triple eight, triple eight. Six five eight two eight 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 six five eight two. Call today after nine thirty. You can make the appointment. Don't forget, give yourself time to go to court and get your paperwork. So don't make the appointment for Monday unless you can go Monday morning and get the paperwork and bring it to me Monday afternoon. Okay. 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 Thank you for calling. I appreciate your call. Um, keep listening to me every Saturday. All right, um, I'm going to try to take one more call before our guest calls in. Hello, this is Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Davis, and thank you for being there. Um, I guess I have a story to tell. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about mine. I'm just going to uh, do a quick update on what's going on here in Santa Cruz County, California. It might be a lesson to others. We have a child, he's, I believe, 17 right now. At 15, he um, raped and, and murdered an 8-year-old. CPS visited his home repeatedly from the time he was very small, never removed him. That's a case that should have been dealt with. There was overwhelming evidence that this child needed to be saved. We had another child that was murdered a couple of years ago by her parent. And this parent had issues, mental health issues. They were well known by CPS. Uh, they dropped the ball and that child ended up dead at the hands of the parent. I was at a meeting yesterday. It's dealing with homeless foster youth. 
when they turn 18, they're on their own. Uh, foster people can no, no longer get a check, so the children are no, of no more financial value to them. And again, we have to go back to our families. Families have to work really hard on themselves, work with the churches, and work with their legislators to remove the power from the agency. We have to have oversight, citizen oversight, of every decision they make in either the family administrative hearing process or the dependency administrative hearing process. We've got the million uh, parent slash family march going on in Washington, D.C. This is the week we call, we email, we snail mail all of our legislators to take a look at these codes and how the laws are being perverted to destroy our families. But our families have to heal ourselves first and come together and work on these issues. But I, I am become very familiar with the work you're doing. I so much enjoy this radio show you have. Keep up the good work. And there is hope out there. It's just going to take work on our part to accomplish it. But with attorneys like you and Sean McMillan and Karen Johnson and Robert uh, Powell, we're going to get it done. Well, thank you very much uh, for including me in the uh, with the likes of Sean McMillan and Robert Powell, both great attorneys. Um, Sean is in uh, San Diego. Robert's up in San Jose, I believe. And yes. the other attorney that you mentioned, I'm not familiar with her. Where is she located? It's Karen Johnson. She's up in it's Walnut Creek, up um, in okay. that Bay Area. And it's Karen with a C, C-A-R-I-N, Johnson. And she and her husband have a law firm up there, Johnson & Johnson. And she does really wonderful work. And she's one of the few attorneys that knows a family law business and will go into those hearings and fight, fight, fight for you and your children. Well, that's great to hear. You know, someone just handed me a note. We do know of Karen Johnson. Uh, she was involved or took over a case uh, a few years ago that we were involved with. So I do know who that is. Um, I want to appreciate you. Um, are, are you an advocate? Were you, um, were you in the area? Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is Fox Sloan. Um, I'm uh, calling from Santa Cruz, California. I tried to get a phone conference with you a couple of weeks ago, and it kind of went crazy, but I'll, I'll work on talking to you again. Um, my granddaughter uh, was stolen and sold by CPS, sold to inappropriate strangers, and because of all the lies that they told us and told about us in court, it caused my daughter to commit suicide. And she is not the only parent who has committed, contemplated, or attempted suicide because of this out-of-control evil agency. You know, I'm sorry to hear that about your daughter. Um, do you have a pen and a piece of paper? Because I'm going to give you a telephone number to call at 930, and you can make a phone conference with me for later today. Because I'd really like to All speak right. to you. Okay. I'm ready. Triple eight triple eight six five eight two. Eight 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 six five eight two. Call that number at nine thirty. Tell them that you spoke to me today on the radio and that I wanted to speak to you on the phone later this afternoon. Wonderful. And God bless you. And prayers are going out to all these wonderful parents and their children and I'll tell you, if it wasn't for the prayers of so many loving, caring people, I would not be standing where I am today. So thank you so much, and God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for calling in. Okay, right now um, right now on the show, we're going to go to our special guest, Ms. Karen Olson. Uh, I'm sorry, Ms. Pamela Olson. Ms. Olson, are you there? <laughs> Good morning, Vincent. How are you? Good morning. How are you? 
I'm doing quite well, thank you. I'm enjoying my cup of coffee with you this morning. Well, great. You know, Ms. Olson, a lot of people may not know who you are and what you do, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Please, feel free to call me Pamela. Um, I am a retired nurse, therapist, and counselor. I'm also a medical educator um, for professionals as well as laymen who wish to become medical professionals. Uh, Later on in my life, I became a business administrator um, and and a business consultant helping several businesses here in the Sacramento area become uh, multi-million dollar successful businesses. Um, I became rather ill the last four years and had the opportunity to truly educate myself in what people now consider conspiracy theories. Uh, One of those conspiracy theories being CPS is a child-saving advocate uh, organization, and it drove me to found Save Our Children. Our first event was in June of this year, and uh, although not huge by any standards, it most certainly kicked off and allowed me to meet some incredible advocates. We have about 149 uh, now together in an email chain that support one another, and they are incredible warriors. And I have met, I have 38 clients coast to coast that are some of the most incredibly strong I call them my warriors, and each one of them hang on my heart. And uh, although I may not be young as I used to be, I certainly am going to go down swinging with my last breath to make sure each one of these children come home. That sounds great. You uh, help people in CPS cases and family law cases? Well, what's odd about that, Vince, was I actually started out wanting to tackle uh, the vaccine issue and pedostatism and child sex trafficking. As you may or may not know, Sacramento is a hub. You can order a child as easily as you can order a pizza to your hotel room, Um, and and that's just statistical fact. Uh, What my phone started ringing with was parents desperate for help in CPS. Um, not having the money by the time that they called the whatever money they did have, having a private lawyer either botch the case badly, um, telling the parents, oh, yeah, I can take care of this, it'll be fine, uh, just to find out two or $3,000 later, uh, they are now high and dry and stuck with county council. Um, and now they're truly desperate and well into the process, six to nine months, and I don't have one case where it's a founded case free regardless what the CPS people are saying, I'm able to listen to these people. Um, I have anywhere from uh, tens of hours into a client that can be resolved quickly to a couple of cases where I have hundreds of hours of involvement. And I can tell you unequivocally as a professional and as a lay person to the law, CPS is not only corrupt, but it almost seems as though they have a manual that's running a psyop on these parents to tear them apart, uh, including spouses, um, to alienate the families and the friends, to bring questions into everyone's mind about the character of these parents, and all they simply did was ask for a second opinion on a medical case with their infants or um, decided to homeschool. Do me a favor and give the audience your email address or your telephone number or your website. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at save, S-A-V-E, the letter R, the word children, and then C-A. You can find me on Facebook at save our children, C-A spelled out, all one word, and you can email me at saveourchildren, all one word, all lowercase, da at gmail.com. Very good. Now, Pamela, if I were a parent, now, it's my understanding you can help parents all over the country, correct? I try and help them, and normally what, what I started out with was resource and data searching because each county, even if it's in the same state, let's take um, the wild new universe of New Jersey. New Jersey operates 
like no other state that I've dealt with. And I have hundreds of hours into this case. Um, and even county by county, from Camden to Essex, runs differently from one another procedurally. So I end up diving down for the parent because by the time they get to me, they're exhausted. So I find them the resources. We try and suss out the best information and the best stratagem to go forward. And then I start calling like a mad woman um, those qualified lawyers. It doesn't do my clients any good for me just to give them names of lawyers if they're not qualified to fight and battle for these children to come home. Very good, very good. Now, let's say that I'm a father in um, Sacramento and CPS has taken my kids from me and I call you up. What would you do for me? What can you do for me? Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's a great question. Last week alone, um, I, I put time into these, not too much time, but you can figure out rather quickly. My husband and I understood that there was going to be a possibility that two abusers, uh, people who truly neglect or put their children in imminent danger, could reach out and try and get help. I, I'm unable to help those people. I'm not a uh, police officer. I am not handing out legal advice. And I certainly am not going to walk a perpetrator through his or her case. Um, I am here for the families who have been victimized. Their children have been taken for no founded cause reason. Um, once I suss out what their story is, and, and many of these want their full story to be told and just to have an ear to listen without judgment. So by the time I get all of that information, I then ask them questions. What have you done thus far? What have you filed? I've only come to understand, as you just discussed in your previous shows, um, the certain filings that you can start immediately. And I'm now educating myself on how to help Sacramento parents to file that. I want to say the, the 688 or a 388? 388. Uh, thank you. Okay. I, it's early. I need another cup of coffee. Um, and, and how to walk through that process. But I'm also building alongside these incredibly brave lawyers who are private. They do not work for the county. They do not pull a paycheck from the state who stand up, dig deep in their own pockets, and fight for these parents. I have a lawyer in Stockton that is uh, just beyond incredible. I've never seen a lawyer um, without being a, uh, a civil a civil rights attorney fighting in federal court, fight like this woman has, types of lawyers that we need to support, that we need to uphold, and to be there for to help them in any way that we can to make their load easier because there are literally, I don't think we've even touched the surface in California. I doubt even with the 149 groups I'm working with, we're even a drop in the bucket. You know, you mentioned a lawyer in Stockton that's the San Joaquin County, right? Correct. So tell us that lawyer's name so our listeners there can get in touch with her if they need her help. Oh, I am absolutely proud to give her name. Her name is Miss Pamela Losser. This woman is a Valkyrie warrior. She puts her heart and soul because she truly believes in not only fighting this corruption, but bringing it to light within that courtroom and forcing CPS, holding their feet to fire, to do their mandated jobs, not to continually drag the process out or attempt to adopt out, uh, especially I'm noticing infants to toddlers. That be their forte. What, how, do you, how do you spell her last name? L-A-U. S-E-R. First name is, is the same as mine. Okay. Is she located and she's just in incredible. the city of I, I, yes. She located yes, she is. She's in. Okay. Okay, so or she's just outside of. Just she's right there. Okay. So our listeners can Google her name and contact her if they need her help, unless you happen to know her office telephone number. Um, I, you know, I don't have it right in front of me. I'm so sorry, but I can certainly get that to you post-show. You know, I just got a message, uh, a, a text message from one of my personal clients who's asking me 
for your um, your Twitter your Twitter account and to repeat your email, please. Absolutely. Save our children. S A V E O U R children. And then I'm in California, so just put C A at the end of that at gmail.com. On Twitter, it's save the letter R, the word children, C-A. Make sure you put the at sign in front of it. My website, which I'm, my tech hates me then. It truly does. My tech hates me. So I'm still wrangling with a website, but I should have it up soon. As long as you're working on that, we'll, we'll be anxiously awaiting I wanted to ask you, have you heard of a resource that's available online? Uh, By the way, my client who wanted that information just texted me. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Have you heard of a resource called The Dog Book? You know, I, I have not had a chance to open that up. Yes, I have heard of it, but no, I have not looked at it. The resources I usually go for are immediate call to instead of readable because my parents are, by the time I get them, they've already walked through this process past what you say, you know, once PTS opens and they're in your life, I usually get them three to six months in. And the torture and terror they have already created in these families' lives, I listen to mothers heartbreaking crying on the phone. And there's nothing more heart-wrenching or ripping or feeling that helpless. As a nurse, when a patient goes into cardiac arrest, I know exactly what to do. When a patient is in pain, I can give them pain medication. How do you give pain medication or resuscitate a terror-ridden soul? Because that's what CPS is doing to these families. They are literally terrorizing them as though it were a PSYOP from the military. Why do you think they're doing this? Money. It's that simple. There's an entire industry built up around through CPS. Now, most people say, well, how is that possible? You're only getting four or 500 uh, per child in foster care. These people don't make a whole lot of money. And both of those things are true in theory. The fact of it is CPS enjoys having a special needs or medically ill child. They go to every expensive evaluator, several doctors, several tests, and each month before that month is through, on the first of the month, they write down all those scheduled appointments and send it as a vendor bill to the federal government. What the public doesn't know and what we constantly hear is our Medicare, our Medi-Cal or Social Security is almost broke. Well, that's because CPS has been reaching into it, and that's where the federal government pays for everything CPS does. Now, the federal government then sends those funds directly to each and every state's general fund to be spent any way you wish. Now, you go in any, any capital in any of these great states within our nation that I still truly believe in. And the nicest building other than the Capitol is the HHS building. I guarantee it. There are hundreds of millions of dollars that flow into California general fund state coffers. So legislation obviously must be brought. And I'm not talking about just taking down the 1974 Mondale Act or the horrific 1997 Clinton Act. I'm talking about the prior thing to the ground, repeal, and replace, because CPS is no longer serving the children of this nation, the true children who are neglected or in imminent danger and abused. And there are those children out there, but those children aren't adoptable because they're already damaged. It's too much work. It's much easier to grab a healthy, happy, beautiful baby, and it's my understanding right now, mixed babies are the hot item. They're looking at these children and shopping them for foster parents as though it's a new designer dog for your purse. That, to me, is so repulsive. 
It reviles my spirit, and it enrages and incites me to action. You know, Pamela, I tell a lot of people that the cause of this is money, and they look at me in disbelief. But in my opinion, it's true. And I I was doing some research a couple of weeks. Actually, maybe three or four weeks ago, I was um, in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, on a book tour, and I was doing some um, some research for a speech I was going to give there, and um, I found a number that two years ago, the federal budget was for CPS cases was sixty nine billion dollars, and the states and the counties are going after that pot of money, and the best way to go after it is to detain children and offer these quote-unquote services to families that they may or may not even need. But it's all a, um, it's all a fun, you know, it's all about money. You know, many years ago in a different career, I was a certified public accountant. And I worked for one of what was called the big eight accounting firms and international accounting firms. And our specialty in the LA office was something called governmental accounting. And one of our biggest clients in the office at that time was the County of Los Angeles. And what a lot of people don't realize is that governmental entities, they're in the business of making money. Now they make money differently than a regular business. Regular business makes their money from customers. They get the money from the customer. Mm -hmm. Governmental entities make their money getting the money from the state or the federal government. And in my opinion, the emphasis making money is on separating families, not keeping them together. And I think a lot of the change has to be made at the federal level because it is federal regulations that guide every state in their laws. Many years ago, the presiding judge in Los Angeles County was backing legislation in California to make cases, um, how should I say it, to allow cases to be public, uh, open to the public. You know, there's a whole theory about courts that are closed to the public, as CPS cases are, and what happens, you know, back in the, in the ancient times, they were called star chambers, where mm-hmm. secret things were done in courtrooms. And, and that's kind of what happens in these CPS cases. Well, to make a long story short, he was backing legislation to change that in California. Uh, the federal government found out about it and basically said, go ahead, make the change. Uh, you just won't get federal money anymore. Well, guess what happened right. to that proposed change? Right into the trash. Right. Uh, because, right. Exactly. Because we weren't going to be, California wasn't going to be following federal. It's important that we file, uh, we make these changes at the federal and the state level. We're running out of time, Pamela. I want to invite you back next week or whenever you have time. Before I go, I want to say a couple things. The book that I was referring to is called The Dependency Quick Guide, Dog, the dog book. Um, Google that because it's a dog book for attorneys representing children. It will give you an insight as to what is going on legally in a juvenile dependency case. It will give you some insight for as far as strategy is concerned. It, it will help you with your attorney, be it private or court-appointed, in, in doing a good job on your case and getting your children back. The last thing I want to let you know, and we'll be talking about this more in the future, is that I've been asked to be part of a television show. The current working title of that show is the new reality series, CPS The Horror Stories. It's going to feature interviews with people from all over the country about their horror stories with CPS. The purpose of the show is going to be to educate people um, who are not involved in CPS, who don't know anything is to gather people together to vote and make changes. Thank you very much for being on the show and listening to the show. We'll see you next Saturday on the radio.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.